Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who, who, who just generally looks a little bit confused. It's Adam Rosenbach. Oh uh, yeah, uh, g'day, Michael. Um, good to be here. Obviously, uh, in a very flexible uh, season, things are changing very rapidly. But one thing I wanted to bring up now, I, I think the AFL have made an error here. Now, this has got nothing to do with the fixture, but I was watching uh, Carlton and Essendon on Saturday night, right? Now Carlton won in Geelong the week before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on the Saturday night, they did this thing where they said that Carlton won again. Now, a team's allowed to win two games <laughs> in a in a row, like because I I just can't get my head around this. So because usually, sure. like if we have a win, it's followed by about eight L's, and we're just not used to it. And so I was just like, why were they, why are they singing the song? We don't get to sing the song for like another two months now because we did it last week. I know that's that's usually how I, I, I like to see it go down. I, I like to think in this weird thing. I mean, for the last what three, four months, everyone's just walking around going, "Wow, strange times, man. Strange times." Yeah, I think tw- I think times. I think twenty twenty went up a notch on Saturday night. <laughs> 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 when Carlton, we went, mate. We went back to back, and I there's every chance of a three peat this uh, this Thursday night against St Kilda. Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. Carlton winning two in a row. I think that's the uh, definition of a second wave. Okay. <laughs> Uh, do and you won it with you won it with a headbutt too, which I like to see. Yes, I like to see uh, how uh, you know you, you're not playing the traditional game to to get over the line. Well, all right. So Essendon have it down in their forward line with a minute to, uh, down in their back line with a minute to go. We did everything we possibly could yeah. to allow allow them to win the game. We gave away a fifty out of there that would turn into about a two hundred meter fifty, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Jacob Townsend marks the ball. He's like six deep in that pack and then gets the mark. And, and then when they showed it on the, that vision, that shot from behind, it looked like Essendon were about to win. Like, it just looked, because it was going dead straight, and you're like, oh, fuck this, this is all over. I think you'll find, Adam, it was going gun barrel straight. <laughs> Sorry, my and apologies. Then, I found it interesting the direction on that too as well, because you kind of, you get the idea that, you, you couldn't get an idea of the, the distance. The distance, not at all. It was yeah. the worst directional choice I've seen. Yeah, yeah, but it was literally like like a, a game of inches right there, wasn't it? Like, you, who was the player head butted again? Liam Jones. That's right, yeah. Which is yeah, and probably the best thing he's done in his career. I think you should bring other sports into... Actually, I, I saw when that, that uh, final kick was being taken, uh, mm. seeing the, the taking advantage of alternative sport. Patrick Cripps had one of those little scrubbing brushes from, uh, <laughs> from curling. Curling, <laughs> yeah. That's the way we roll. Uh, so what do you think about that free kick in that 50? The AFL, surprise, surprise, have cleared it. Did they tick off on it? They gave it a tick of the approval. So they would have been, right? been down in the arc, working on it all of Saturday mm. night, going, hmm... How long? How long until we can? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's What's the right amount of time where it looks like we actually gave a fuck? Yeah, uh, sure. We but the, f- the fifty was there. I must say. 
Well, okay. So it was a technicality because you're not allowed to go at the player until he steps out of the square. Yeah, which so is I, I, not a technicality. That's the fucking rule. It's like, that's like, a, oh, look, you know, I punched him in the head, but it was a technicality that I got three weeks. It hasn't been called all season. Every um, full forward runs off the mark as soon as they see the um, guy start to run out of the square. Uh, yeah, but no. Uh, so I think it was Saad who I broke down the game footage, Adam. Okay, in my um, work as a um, I'm a opposition scout for people playing Carlton. Which vision were you looking at? Uh, I, I I can't reveal that because it's okay. top secret. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't want all the other clubs to get their hands on that, no, that kind enough. of footage. All right. yep. So Saad kind of hesitated before he ran out of the square. Yep. So he kind of took a step or two. I'm not saying he, you know, I'm not saying he was frightened. But <laughs> and uh, and um and so Eddie bolted off, and then kind of got collisions with two Essendon players. Two Essendon players. So he couldn't have even got to start if he tried to. No, but the but the umpire has to. So as soon as you step out of the square, you're fair game. Mm. But Eddie ran over the mark before Sard had stepped out, and also. So I reckon he was running parallel to the goals. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. He ran out of the square. You got to wait till they get out of the square. Fucking disgrace. If we had lost that game, I would have driven... I would have somehow burnt down the MCG. And then the AFL logic... And you need a lot of accelerant for that. The AFL logic for the 50. And I kind of buy this as well, is that because the Carlton players all just went, fuck, let's bolt to the back line. Yep. And so they they all kind of... They, in a way, made the 50 (laughs) 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 Um, tougher for themselves by the fact Uh they all bolted. And so there was no one really guarding the 50. So the umpire said that they did put the mark. So the 50's here. But because the Carlton players were just trying to get back as quickly as they could until one kind of hung back and put their arms up, um, yep. that the 50 was actually... Because the 50 would have been at the 70 metre mark. It's been 10 metre goal square, 10 metres on the mark. So you're at the 70 metre mark. So in a way, you guys almost fucked it up like for a third time. It was a fucking disgrace. And if, had we lost it, I would have been rifled. But it was not, mate. It's good. It's good to have two, two wins in a row. And uh, and I was reading today that because uh, it's Essendon, um, Connor McKenna has been given a one-game ban for breaking protocols, but it got served because he didn't play on Saturday night because he was in quarantine. So he's out now. He came out. Yet James Stewart, who he um, was his tackling partner. Uh, I think you find his wrestling partner. Excuse I, his wrestling partner. Uh, and is that is that part you know, of the... Uh, did you know they have a wrestling partner? I had no idea. Oh, you've got to have a wrestling partner. I suppose maybe... What do they do? Put people about the similar kind of size with each other? I, th- I thought Stuart was much bigger than McKenna. Because uh, he's a, he's a little never, fella. I've never heard this thing before. But Adam, I think you'll find if there's a wrestling partner, mm. um, th- they could be described as a, a tag team. Could be. Now, um... <laughs> James Stewart has to serve out his suspension, and he doesn't have COVID. So it was because he was his wrestling partner, he had to go into quarantine. You go, yeah, that's fair enough. Conor McKenna's out today, yeah. and yet Stewart has to stay in for another week. So he's just like, what the fuck did I do wrong? You should have seen the scenes. It was like that final scene from In the Name of the Father. Conor McKenna coming out, going, I'm going out the front door. Come on, mate. That's a classic film. Haven't seen it. Sheesh, my form hasn't been great today. <laughs> <laughs> I might take a week off myself. Uh, yeah, so fuck, man. It's a convoluted thing. So Stuart has to stay in the house. Yes. Connor can get out. There are various theories about where Connor might have been at with the testing. Was it a, cor- a correct test? Was it a false test? Um, maybe he, there was one theory put out there that he was at the very tail end of it. Therefore, 
So maybe he had right. it, maybe he had it for like two weeks, and he was on day thirteen when he turned positive, and then like later, you know, it was, it was out. Oh, of and then it became system. negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then, and then they were saying that he got it in Ireland. Um, yeah, I, I, do you know much about the COVID action over in Ireland? Uh, I actually don't, but I don't think it's fantastic over there. Sure. Do you know much about the COVID action in Poland? Uh, in Poland? No, mm. I don't. I'm, I'm Anything sorry. over like in Jamaica or... Like, why the fuck have we got you on the podcast if you don't have the figures at your top of your... No, it's fair. Bra- Brazil's not going great. I do know that. Yeah. And I, I'm Here pretty sure that um, uh, South Pacific are going quite well. And so if you <laughs> want to go to American Samoa in the next uh, couple of months, that's the place to be. And didn't Djokovic just... just just paint himself an absolute beautiful picture. Nah, he t- seems like a ripper. So then there's a weird thing that Peter Jess, who is Stuart's manager, yeah, he got a lawyer involved because he reckoned it wasn't fair that Stuart had to get locked up. Basically, it's kind of, you know, free, free James Stewart right now. And because he was saying in his final year, like final year of contract, yeah. He said it's unfair for him to be lo- the only person kind of locked up just because he happens to be um, Conor McKenna's wrestling partner, tag team partner. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, it's all very convoluted. And also the idea of, like, going into a courtroom or something and just going, this man has been punished <laughs> enough. He's had Uber Eats delivered three times yeah. a day. And they got, um, didn't they immediately uh, courier them bikes and a treadmill, but Conor McKenna couldn't have a treadmill because his apartment's too small. Oh, really? Huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. Well, no wonder he was shopping around then because that's what one of the one of the breaches that he did. He went to uh, open yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, things have taken a turn today, Adam. So Yes, they, re- they really have. Think yeah. that's a, it's a fucking hell, Mike. You've got to be flexible in this game. That's what I've said to you all the time. And, and it uh, carries no more weight than this year. Like, it's... Basically, Richmond can't go to Queensland because Queensland have said, uh, fuck off, Victorians, you're not coming to our state, you filthy motherfuckers. You dirty little filthy things, yeah. So yeah. they, uh, uh, the Queensland government say, yeah, Queensland, and also on the flip side of that, Rich, Richmond, well, Victorian teams can't go to Queensland, but also if Queensland teams come to Victoria, they then have to go and quarantine for two weeks before they can go and enjoy the uh, the wonders of, uh, of Queensland. So why can't they... They get, they get a chartered flight, they get on a bus, the bus is taken straight to the ground, they never sort of, they're never out in the general populace. So why can't they just manage it that way? If, if Queensland has no coronavirus at all, and then they disinfect everything that the Victorians touch once they've taken off, like you torch the bus. So as soon as Richmond players get off, just you put the bus on the tarmac. You and chuck boom. a Molotov in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just burn it, right? And... And the, the change rooms, they just quarantine. I mean, they, they just uh, clean the shit out of them like s- scorched earth. And then after after the game, they burn mm. down the, ch- the change rooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give them a portable. They go, here's your change rooms for the day. It's a portable. They dump that into the helicopter, picks it up and dumps it in the sea. Wow. That makes me think, actually. For all those times you told me how you had to go and, you know, do a little <laughs> do a little damage to a car. You go, yeah. wow, Adam wasn't committing a crime. He was just being COVID safe all that time. Oh, yeah, no one. None of the cars that I've done, <laughs> none of those people are currently COVID-19 positive. So they had to be pretty flexible. So you guys have actually moved up to uh, Thursday night slot. with um, Prime time. Yeah, prime time against St Kilda. Yes. And so, yeah, so there have been a couple of games where teams have now switched around, which would be pretty fucking tricky, wouldn't it, if you've been coaching and planning like this week. 
Yep. Thinking about what, what we're going to do, what we're going to play. Yeah, so Richmond was supposed to play West Coast and now they've got Melbourne. So at least they can go, we're playing a shit side. Either way, it's okay. It's kind of interesting though, isn't it, with your preparation, that you'd have to almost keep yeah. a running tally of every club at all times to just by the chance he could be playing next week. Well, I guess too, we're also lucky that we're earlier in the season and we have the flexibility to go, oh, well, those two teams haven't played. But if that if this happens around round 15, you go... Most of the permutations have been done. That's really good use of the word permutations. Well done, mate. Thank you, man. I try not to exacerbate the problem, but um, <laughs> but it's just one of those things. It's it's you know at least it's put Carton into prime time where they belong, Michael. Uh, yeah, sure. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for this week. <laughs> but they're also talking now. They're scrambling to say that um, the other they're looking quickly at the, the Victorian teams are basically going to have to get out of Victoria and sort of quarantine for two weeks wherever they go. Oh, my God. So they might be able to play each other in another, like, say, in New South Wales, and then they can, you know, start moving around and become sure. normal people again. Clarko's pretty grumpy. Now, this is Alastair Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry, okay. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I and mean... What, I- what's he grumpy about? Now, I watched your game last night. I uh-huh. was... Uh, there with friends of the pod, uh, Limo and Husey and Paul Collegia. Clang, we clang, clang. Wow. Triple clang. Triple clang, mate. And we were. it was one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. God, it was shit. You were shit. They were shit. Everything was shit. Yeah, sure. So we were about 30 points up and then North came back with a charge. What did we what end about up with? About okay, five points, yeah. Where those two guys, uh, it was Ben Brown and I think it's Curtis Taylor, took the mark. They both sort of grabbed the ball at the same time. And then Ben Brown just took his hands off. It's like, no, I won't. It's like, you're the fucking Coleman medalist, mate. You take the kick. What are you doing? And then the other kid missed and they lost. Yeah, so uh, I think, did that hit the post? Uh, No, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, wow, we got lucky. And then Clacko just kind of sat down in the press conference and said, this this is shit. Now, he started off by saying that I think Hawthorne had about 60 tackles and didn't get one holding the ball. And he was saying the ump... It's kind of like half the umpire should be calling shit and then also half that the coaches are been too defensive and he doesn't like things and he he just started bursting into tears going someone just burn yeah. burn this press conference room down Rosie. he said he said i don't want to shit can the game Whoa. you know our great game yeah i know shit canning man mm, you know you words. know he's mad when he's yeah he's shit canning something but also the one of the reasons that the game uh looks like this is because of that fucking idiot ruining the game well that's the thing like, he created this fucking problem. Yeah, well, he talked about how... Your team in the plays pre- that, that fucking chip-around bullshit that no one wants to watch that's so boring and gets you wins. He talked about in the pre-season how they kind of practice attacking football. He says all the coaches do that, and then you kind of push comes to shove, and they start, you know, climbing up and playing defensively. But I figure it's the kind of thing, like, the coaches will make a bit of, you know, do these ones, uh, a bit of talk... A lip service. Yeah, a bit of lip service about um, how they, you know, just want to make the game look good and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, they want a flag, and so they're going to do whatever they can to get that flag. But Port Adelaide are playing like pretty exciting footy and they move the ball quickly. Like it can be done. It just needs, it needs the coach to say, let's do this. Chris Cock came out as well and was like, you know, where the game's shit and stop asking the coaches for ideas of how to fix it. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So bypass us because, you know, we are, we have a vested interest in, you know, <laughs> what rule changes we want. And then Clarko talked about something about, um, um, playing skinny side of the f- ground footy. So is yeah. that, that's not the corridor. Is that like kind of the no, no, a, a bit between the wing and the, like which, which Yeah, you, you, you sort of play the boundary, but not the fat side. The fat side is wherever the players aren't. 
So that's where you switch to. You switch to the fat side, but you're playing on the thin side. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. And then you <laughs> kick to the corridor. How, f- how foolish of me to not yeah, get that. Yeah, you're, you're a fool. If you, if you want to take a daring 45 into the corridor, that's what you do. But I'm more of a – I'm more your chaos ball man. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. But that, but that's and I, I – that's I, I think a lot of players don't have the skills to kick a chaos ball on either side of their body, and that's where this game's falling apart. That's why you're always so good in the shoebox. Yeah, that, that's very true. Like a chaos ball with either either foot. Um, and and then that doesn't help, Adam, that the players are falling apart. They're crumbling. Tom Stewart you're talking about? They're just falling apart. So this is an amazing piece of vision. So they do the, you know, when players run down to their positions and they engage in a little bit of bumping each other and they, you know, you get your hip and shoulder, you say g'day, you know, a bit, bit, bit of push and shove, you know, it's a bit of, you know, it's a bit of um, showmanship for the fans. And then Tom McDonald bumped uh, Tom Stewart and he's broken his collarbone. Yeah, wow. Really innocuous kind of incident. You know, you'd get bumped like that hundreds, millions of times a game probably. Yeah. Probably two million. So, what's that, about four-week injury, do you reckon? Yeah, maybe four to six. I mean, if you need surgery on it, they'll have a plate put in there and all that kind of stuff. But do you think, then, he should get a suspension for that because of the outcome? Because he actually got hurt. Yeah, that's actually yeah. a really interesting point. Yeah. So, you figure maybe he went in with a bit of a bung shoulder in the first place or maybe... No, I don't think I don't think so. I think it was just one of those things where it just it got him on the perfect point and his body went fucking pop and... The other guy went, fucking hell, I'm tough. Well, that's the thing. Wouldn't you just go, sheesh, am I am I immortal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like if I just walked over to just push someone and, you know, they fell over and they you know, broke their leg and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. admittedly, I'd only probably do that to a 93-year-old man. But, <laughs> but I'd be like, fuck. No. Yeah. I mean, that working out has been uh, has helped me. Are we worried about Tom Stewart's bone strength? Like, should he be getting bone density tests? Is he eating enough calcium? I wouldn't be surprised if that did do something like that. Just to say that's a weird thing to, ha- to happen. Um, I mean, you're famous for having a glass jaw. <laughs> that's very true. And then what about your mate, Jack Silvani? So he was actually in a bit of, bit of trouble. He was coughing up blood and he yep. got a, now got a crack rib, broken rib, crack rib. Uh, yeah, I think a fractured rib, yep. And I think he had a bit of a um, bruised lung. Yeah, you don't, you don't want your lungs bruised. You, you don't mind them if they're punctured, but you don't want them bruised. I wonder what that feel like to have a bruised lung. Well, if you have a look at Jack's face, not pleasant. Then you so Zach Mer- Zach Merritt got up a week lung. for that. Did you put an ice pack down the down the gullet and kind of. You probably. How would you? Yeah. How do you ice up a lung? Do you do you like? Do you breathe in really cold air? You stand at the freezer and just suck in the big ones. And um, so that that that's another point they were making about Merritt by the fact that it wasn't a vicious whack, but it was definitely a whack. You know, yes. just that kind of, you know, I'm here right behind you. It, just it probably would have got a fine if Silvani had a played on. Yeah, But gotcha. because he's yeah. got very fragile ribs and everyone knows it. Everyone knows you go for the Silvani ribs. That's mm. always been a thing. What a nightmare. He's cop an innocuous whack like that and you end up in yeah. hospital. Yeah, spitting up not. blood. Oh, God. Spitting up blood. Yeah, but then you get to get on the end, don't mate. There's always, there's always positive outcomes. Um. New movie coming out. We talked about the Amazon docos last week. Yeah. Um, and we made some pretty sophisticated jokes about Stuart Jew. We did. Um, there's a new one. So this is not Amazon, but they're uh, an independent production company. They're doing one about Dusty called Gold Dust. Good name. Because everyone's of, of been... All the, 
of all the dusty puns they could have gone with, I think that's by far the best that we could have heard. Because there's been all that talk about, you know, who's the Michael Jordan of the uh, of the AFL. Yep. And people are trying to capture that kind of spirit, aren't they? So someone's decided it's dusty. And uh, I mean, I guess they have. But you know what? I want to see it. Uh, it. It needs to come out once Dusty's career is over. You know, we need to look back at it in retrospect. Like, not as he's currently doing it. It's going to be boring. Dude, I was about to say that. Like, what can he, what can he say? Like, that's, yeah, nothing. That's the whole point about talking to fucking modern day players. They won't say anything. They won't tell you the good stories. And Dusty is like, he doesn't talk. Has anyone actually... What's he sound like? I've never heard his voice. That's a really good point. I can't remember <laughs> hearing, ever hearing Dusty talk. Are they really going to... If they... If there's a Dusty Docker, right, I want them to follow him wherever he goes. Now, I mean, if that's to Vegas, then we see everything. What happens in Vegas comes up to the comes out on the big screen. Yeah, sure. That's and I want what them to I create some kind of time machine so they can go back in time and follow him from, you know, 18 to 25 or yeah. whatever. You know, we get all that the stuff good as years. well. Yeah. Not to shit on the people, who, the hardworking people who are going to make the documentary. But, um... No, no. Shit away, man. But shit cannon. There's one very special cameo I'm looking forward to, though. Who's that? The little pop over to New Zealand. Hey, <laughs> g'day, Dad. Uh, what's up? Well, so he can't even go visit his dad at the moment because of the uh, the lockdown. Oh man, what a what a! If that although if could could that be a good final scene of those two finally when all this uh, clears up and they can change countries and then reuniting and that's you come out of the cinema with like a little. Uh, one tear strolling down your cheek. <laughs> next, next to the other tear, you've got tattooed <laughs> on your cheek. Imagine that, though. Imagine if, like this, you know, that often in documentaries they find there are many documentaries in the world where we start out by as the one chance thing. they go, we're going to film that this person yeah. for a year, and it yeah. ends up being like the most influential, important year of their life. Like it yes. happens so many different times. What if the final mm. finale of this documentary mm. is that young Shane? Gets on a flight, gets off at Tullamarine, mm. standing there, dusty, with another premiership medal around his neck, Brownlow around his neck, Norm Smith medal around his neck. Yep. The day after this year's grand final, uh-huh. they embrace, and then and then fade to black. Credits come up. Shane was uh, <laughs> <laughs> was supported, Shane was supported from the country when he left. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I want to see Dusty, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, which is his favourite seat at Kittens. You know, I just, I need to know more about Dusty and I don't think we're going to get the honest truth, which disappoints me. Hey, uh, we got to hand out some cash for the D's, mate. They're in trouble. Melbourne's in trouble. Melbourne's in trouble. They What's need going a, on? They need a million dollars. Uh-huh. They need a million dollars, but it's a bit of a weird phrasing of it. They need a million dollars by Christmas. Yeah. They say that if they don't make that million dollars, they, they're going to have to put their hand out to the AFL. Yes, and they get on the dreaded, it says here in the article, the AFL's dreaded assisted club list. Yeah, Ugh. which means that Dirty. the AFL then monitor your spending and reduce your spending and say, hey, hey, put the, hey, why have you got chocolate biscuits in the kitchen? No, yeah. no, no chocolate biscuits. Yeah, why, why don't you just get the, the, um, the home brand biscuits? Like the AFL, the AFL does the shopping for you. Maybe. So you go, what, what's a Jim Jam? You go, it's like a Tim Tam, but it's the Woolworths brand. Yeah, it's all no-name stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so. it's all from Aldi. There's all these weird German <laughs> things. You're like, oh, I don't quite know what this is. What am I eating here? Yeah, yeah. The, all the places walk around going, wow, my bum's really itchy. Ouch. Yeah. Ah, uh, can we get the good toilet paper? 
Um, no, can't. We're on the, the AFL's assisted list. It's what where were July, July uh, one on Wednesday, right? So so they launched the campaign on Thursday. It's called Proud to Belong, Proud to Give. Yeah, sure. There's part of me though. Six months okay until Christmas. Yep. I reckon if we put our heads together, we could raise a million dollars in six months. I reckon if we if we kind of w- went to door to door, I reckon we could actually ma- make a million dollars. I don't think it get close. It sounds like a small amount to make in six months. Well, also they would have some very rich members. You would, you would imagine, yeah, yeah. Just get like get ten people to tip in a hundred k. That's yeah. all it needs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a weird amount, like and a million. Like I thought, like I'm like, hey man, I need a million by next week. Like I can get yeah. my head around that, but yeah, hey, yeah. hey, I need okay. a million in six months. You know, when I could probably just you know get someone to sell the the boat house at the back of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just someone to access. You're allowed to access your super now. Just fucking pull it out. That's a very good point, actually. And if there's one people who know how to make you know good with their finances, it's Melbourne people. Yeah, just um, negative gear, another fucking property. Bang. Uh, there was sad news this week with uh, the passing of John Kennedy Senior. Mm, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, I found it really interesting, actually. Um, there's a story he has about, I think it was filmed a couple of years ago, but he talked about how um, uh, a little boy came up to him, like at a game or something, and yeah. just walked up and said, you know, can you say do do something? And he kind of just went, do something. And he was like, oh, the little boy was like, oh. And he's like, do something! <laughs> and the kid kind of ran off to his parents, kind of all happy and smiley. But... I find this interesting. His legacy is obviously enormous. He's obviously enormous. He's a legend of the AFL, and, and it's really cool they got to do that before he passed away. So we got to you know yes, to see that. That and is very true. That. And, he, and he's kind of known from that famous speech in the seventy-five grand final where he says, "Don't think, do." Yeah, I'm just kind of fascinated by that fact that that footage came about from I think the nineteen ninety-six documentary they made about the hundred years of uh, of the VFL. Okay. Uh, slash AFL. Um, and they put a call for footage. You know, do you guys have anyone out there? You know, what have you got? And a bloke, oh yeah. a bloke found like a whole bunch of rolls of film in his garage, um, and uh, and recordings. And it was like Tom Hafey, Ron Barassi, um, yeah, wow. and John Kennedy Senior. But this is like also a sliding doors kind of thing as well. If if I think they were making a doco about the '75 Grand Final, I think that mm-hmm. might be what they were doing. So they wired them up and they were recording. Right. But if we didn't hear that recording. Mm. He, I, I feel like his legacy, it was, it would not be wouldn't be as impactful. Yeah, yeah, and I hate to say what? that, but but it's quite incredible. Like, just the you can be recorded at the right time, in the right place, and say the yeah, right absolutely. things. Yeah, so, absolutely. Someone might have given heaps better speeches than that. We've just never heard them. Well, then actually, there's the transcript of the whole speech, and it it yeah. probably goes for a good three five minutes. Like you know, we just hear that kind of don't think do. So did we not know about this before the doco? Uh Yes, I believe that was like original footage. So no one from the North Melbourne team came out and said, oh, mate, the speech you gave at halftime. And I reckon the reason it didn't have any resonance is because North got fl- flogged. Yeah, no, Hawthorne got flogged. Yeah, yeah, stop saying North. Because <laughs> well, um, he eventually coached North is why I'm stuck with them. But yeah, it was well, North and Hawthorne. Well, that's actually a good point as well. Like at, at the time, because they were, they were, I think they were about 30 points down at the same time yeah. uh, at halftime. I wonder at the time, because they talk about, you know, the great speeches that he would make. So I wonder if mm. you go and go... You know, oh, n- nothing different today. You know, it's a, yeah, great, it's yeah. a great speech. Yeah, yeah, it's just another. Yeah, it's another another fucking bang on story. Don't think, do we did, we lost. You fucking terrible. Kanga. Yeah, but it's quite fascinating, isn't it? If we didn't have that, if we didn't have that recording, like, and that's iconic. That's on his statue. Don't think, do. 
Is it really? Yeah, yeah. And it's also funny because John Kennedy Jr. Talked, joked about that when he became a legend, um, you know, uh, John Kennedy Jr. did much of the kind of media stuff. Yep. But he talked about, <laughs> they talked to the grandkids and um, they, and they're like, don't think do. No, that, that doesn't make sense. You know, you, you have to think before you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lockie Neal, mate. Lockie Neal. Mate, he upset a lot of punters. He kicked six behinds. And I was watching it because he was the captain of my super coach team. So had he kicked six goals, I would have been very fucking happy. But um, six behinds, man. I, I reckon, I think it's time for Fagan to drop him, send a message. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, about time. Yeah, I've been calling for that since round one. Yeah, true. You have. And then he got on Twitter and he kind of made a bit of a joke, which I didn't, I didn't find very funny, actually, Adam. They made a bit of a joke. What was that, Michael? Well, he yeah. said he'd been getting a lot of feedback on Twitter about the fact that he uh, a lot of punters had him for kicking a goal that night. In their Maltese. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you can laugh it up. You can laugh it up, Lockie. But uh, mm. there are some of us who take uh, some of us take our gambling uh, very seriously. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying, Lockie? Some yeah. of us... Some of us are in a, um, a little bit of a spot. Yep. Maybe they're uh, independent uh, gambling company uh, junk bet. Mm, Maybe need right. need uh, to replenish. We need, we need to we need the goal, mate. We need to replenish the coffers a little bit. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> and when you kicked, when you had six opportunities to save our fledgling company, because you know what, you know what, I know it adds up to a goal, Lockie. I know it adds up to six points, which is equal to a goal. But you know who doesn't care about that? The Finks. And they, <laughs> when I said to them last night, mate, it's equivalent. It's six points. He's a goal. That sergeant at arms, he, when he cut my pinky off, he didn't give a fuck about my excuses. So, Lockie Neal, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you might be, uh, you might be quarantining through a straw, mate. Just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get around us on Junk Bet. Um, we offer odds on anything. Anytime, Absolutely. anywhere, uh, must be in international waters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few footballers in real life? Hit us. Here from Brian. Uh, I've had a few footballers in real life moments this year. Uh, first up, after shopping at the Queen Vic Market, uh, a few months ago, I sat down for a coffee in a cafe in Elizabeth Street. Okay, we've all got a lot going on, mate. Mm. Uh, near the entrance to the deli section of the market. Lovely. A rather diminutive but solid gentleman was standing outside at the tables on the street, seemingly waiting for someone. He checked his phone and then came inside to order two coffees. Upon entry, I realised it was none other than Diesel Williams. There we go. Oh, Getting great man, Diesel. Uh, he's still in pretty good shape and certainly wouldn't want to get in his way. Collected his coffee, uh, much as he'd collect the pill on a regular basis, and off he headed. Oh, wouldn't you love to be the person who he was buying the coffee for? Like, the way he would, he would have dished that off... Without even looking, <laughs> just like over the shoulder, bang on, on the oh, wrong hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a coffee in front of me. Where'd this come from? Diesel, Sawyer, peripheral. Uh, second up, uh, late last year, I was at Melbourne Airport into the international terminal. Uh, I was just organising my things after checking in. I was about to go through security t- uh, and customs when an implausibly tall and good-looking man. <laughs> this must be, this must be something about me. Uh, <laughs> accompanied by three ladies, <laughs> still sounds like me, <laughs> stopped next to me. He and his companions doing likewise, obviously heading overseas. None other than Brody Grundy. Oh, look at that. I headed off to security, etc., and did notice where he was heading. Um, so that would have been probably going off for a bit of end-of-season trip, eh? Oh, absolutely. 
probably, you know, Bali. Was he? Would he be a Bali man? Or is no. he a bit more of a thinker than that? Yeah, he'd Would he be, have gone to like Myanmar? Yeah, he'd be like going to Ma, uh, you know, Machu Picchu and, you know, studying Tibet. ancient relics and the like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like that you said that I have been to Machu Picchu and I am also intelligent. I've been to Bali. <laughs> 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 Finally, this from uh, late last year also. Not an AFL player. I was killing time in the Emirates Lounge in Sydney before getting on a flight to Bangkok where I live. I often take this flight via a connection from Melbourne and spend a few hours in the lounge. An area of the lounge was roped off, reserved, which I had not seen before, but after a while there was a group of Emirates staff buzzing around and checking that the roped off area was still in good order. A small number, I'm still tipping this is me, a small group of people started to arrive and were seated in the area, none other than the rec- none of which I recognised. Finally, a tall, lean man with lots of tattoos arrived, David Beckham. Cool. Rather than sitting down, he declared to his travelling companions that he was going to duty-free shop to buy Tim Tams. Uh, it appeared <laughs> some of his entourage were family, but none of his... Uh, uh, progency? Progeny. Progeny. Jeez, I've come across as really fucking dumb in this episode. That makes me sad. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, spouse for present. It turned out I was uh, the only other person in the first class cabin with the Beckham oh, party. Here we go. Fucking someone's doing <laughs> very well. Uh, as the cabin only holds eight people in each person. Oh, wouldn't that be, hang on, let's just pause there. Wouldn't that be great if you were on a flight and there were only seven other people around you? Mm. How nice would that be? Rather than 180 sneezing, wheezing douchebag someone's in the fucking middle seat revolting humans seven michael and you've got your little you're wearing the same pajamas so you feel like you're in a team yeah sure sure i don't know what you're talking about i fly private um <laughs> uh holds eight people each person had their own suite we spent right. the entire flight ignoring the fact that i was the only person who didn't know david beckham upon landing the hostie told me i would be able to disembark on my own ahead of the rest of the passengers in bracket. i'm, I'm going to put any brackets scumbags Okay. Okay. That <laughs> wasn't you. written, but I'm going to put that. The yeah. Beckham party would be waiting to get off after. Oh, you got out before you. I um, th- uh, this is early this year. Uh, early this year? No, last year. I was in one A on a flight. Oh yeah, I, think, you, I think coming up to Sydney. So I did get to go the, to f- the Jetstar one A. Yeah. <laughs> it was just by chance. I had to get. I got off. Um, got off first. Yep. And I was like, this is cool. And so I pretended I was a, a premiership captain. Bringing the cup back from uh, from the grand final, yep. just walking down the ladder first. Anyway, that was just me. Uh, when I dream, mate. when I exited the plane at one a thirty a.m., hundreds of Thai airport staff were waiting to see if they could grab a selfie with Posh's other half. I imagine there that's the kind of thing too. Yeah, I mean he would be one of the most recognisable people in the world. Absolutely. So word would get around. This kid is insane, man. Uh, from James. Uh, the year was 2017, and mm. I was chasing my luck with a job in the Big Smoke in Melbourne. Uh, I was looking to do very well for myself. While I was loitering around the city waiting for my interview, who should race by with some old Richmond shorts from circa 2011 but Bash Ahuli? Big Bash. The Bash Man. He was moving at a serious pace, and I walking. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, jaywalking. Um, outside, outside the police head queue. Uh, with that level of confidence, I should have picked the Tigers with a flag. Yeah, he doesn't care, man. That that's what you love about Basher. He's just he's a he'll 
you know, carve you up out of the back line, but also happy to go against the red man. Just throwing it in the nose of the pigs, mate. Yeah. 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 Fuck the police. Uh, <laughs> in more recent times, after moving to the Harbour City, uh, I expected my chance of sightings to be very low as I was going to, uh, as I wasn't going to live in Bondi, I was just entering the gang. That sounds like a cool band. Just entering the gang. Uh, but much to my surprise, I was going for a walk in the early lockdown phases at approximately 5pm. I locked eyes and said, G'day to the cat with a giant story. Stevie J. He was drinking a beer on what I think are the front steps of his house before taking his small dog for a walk. It was on a lead. It's good, good. details. I like this stuff. <laughs> yeah, these are great. I, I wish we knew what kind of beer. I then proceeded to say, it's Stevie J, which uh, must have been very weird for him. But to his credit, just cracked a rice smile and nodded to confirm that um, <laughs> that was indeed his name. <laughs> yeah, that seems like Stevie, though. He'd be like, yeah, mate, yeah, you're on to me. <laughs> Nailed it first time. Yeah. Uh, kept on walking so we could get uh, get on with his life and finish his beer. Uh, having seen him out one other time since, so fair to say I'm doing very well for myself to be living so close to Norm himself. That is true. Did you see the clip online? I'm not sure we've got more footballers in real life coming up, but... um. I think it was Stevie J. It seemed to be in a kind of a country setting, ordering from a coffee van. No. Yeah, so the barista kind of uh, calls out the, you know, latte for Norm. And then you kind of hear Stevie J, oh, who's that for? And he goes, Norm. <laughs> and then he goes That's and gets fucking the great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was, you know, a month ago or five yeah, years yeah. ago. That I hadn't That's seen awesome. From Nicholas, uh, was that my work at the Mini Ponds Bowls Club, which uh, oh, recently yeah. started up again? There we go. That's good, getting out there. And who walks in but the man with the most tribunal appearances in AFL history? None other than David Reese jones mm. Turns out he works for one of the sponsors of the club. He sat down and had a few froths, uh, great northern stubbies, spending about three hours watching the races. Well, there you go. That'd be a lot of fun, hanging out at the Bowls Club with David Reese jones sucking back froths. He's a lovely man, and they, uh, the Mooney Ponds Bowls Club has looked after myself and my friends group when it's been too hot to be outside for our uh, KK, our picnic in the park, Michael. Wait a second, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> so a group of friends, we do KK, and what, when it's what's, like 40... What's KK? Chris Kringle. You know, you do the thing where you, everyone buys someone a present? Yeah. Yeah. You don't call that KK? No. No, I think, so I think a lot you, of people do. You have to do that outside. Like, can't you do that in a room? No, but we do it. Uh, we usually have like a picnic in the, at Queens Park, which is where the Mooney Ponds Bowls Club is. But yeah. if it's if it's like forty five degrees, we went inside because it was too hot, and so they accommodated us. Well, they and allowed us to bring food in, and we had beers that we bought from them. God, I don't understand your fucking life. KK, it's because I've got um. See. I have these things called friends. No, yeah? but it's, not, it's <laughs> like this fucking weird thing. It's like, yeah, I'm just doing Chris Kringle fucking in a park and then fucking some, you know, fucking pensioner comes and lets me inside. Like, it's just a yep. fucking weird story. <laughs> God. Final episode of Junk Time Time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this time at a funeral. Oh. oh. Uh, last June at Bunyip in Gippsland with my girlfriend. You know what that felt like? It felt like, you know, when Tony Jones and Peter Hitchener do the bit of a joke thing and then Peter Hitchener has to go in to read the serious yeah, story. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Tony. Yeah. 55,000 people killed today. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself looking at the wall of AFL players and saw Shane Mumford on the wall. Sausages. 
My mind immediately turned to think about the multiple of jokes I could have made. I can't think of any. I don't know. Don't. What, no. what, what could you talk about? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. About half an hour later, when talking to my girlfriend and her friend, a woman offered me a sandwich. I thankfully declined. Uh, it was only later when I was informed that it was, in fact, Shane Mumford's wife. Mum. Uh, oh, mum. Sorry. <laughs> 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 How did I say wife instead of mum? Oh, oh, here we go. There's, there's some unpacking to do right here. There's a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> I was quickly told not to mention sausages around her. <laughs> oh, no, she'd love a laugh. Uh, I then had Shane's dad pointed out to me. Uh, he was claim. double parked at the bar. Huh. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, I hope it wasn't a um, uh, close family member of the Mumford family. That'd be sad. That would be sad. Hey, yeah, we're but it probably wasn't because you reckon Shane might have been there. That's a really good point, actually, yeah. yeah. But how could you recognise him? He's so tiny. Yeah, he just true. blends in. Uh, we are Junk Time Out for Pot at Gmail on Twitter, on Facebook, on Quibi, on Hinge, on TikTok, Snapchat, and the Gram. We're going to hit the road. Go Hawks! Go Blues! Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.